Hello, and welcome back to the Emerald Games Cast, episode 59. My name is Nolan, with me is... I'm Janelle. And? I'm Alex. And we're back. We had a little two-week hiatus uh, for spring break and also finals week, but it's April 4th now, and uh, this is not April Fool's, so you can trust me when I'm saying that we're here again. You guys have a good spring break? Yeah, well, I spent mine hanging out with you so you know about mine that was pretty fun yeah yeah, yeah. how about, about you alex yeah. yeah oh yeah thanks for the invite guys i uh, i appreciate it <laughs> sorry i forgot that um i forgot to invite you in the midst of a global health crisis yeah yeah really Oops. Janelle, that was very inconsiderate of you i know i know um no my spring break was good um i do feel a little bad we didn't get to coordinate anything for uh april fool's day but that's that's on me i should have planned that that's okay we can talk about the April Fool's joke that all three of us fell for. Yeah. Oh, we could if you really want, yeah. There was an uh, article we were originally going, like, should we add this to the outline this week? Is is this news? Uh, trying to trying to verify the sources on this article that said that George R.R. R. Martin had signed up for a full saga of Elden Ring games, <laughs> that he, he'd be making six of them with FromSoft, and I... Um, I never remember it's April Fool's Day until, like, April 2nd. I so I a, totally mm-hmm. fell for it. I think it's a dumb, fucked-up holiday. And in my case, you told me about this yesterday, and I tend to believe you when you tell me things. <laughs> so I think it's a great holiday if you're into video games, because a lot of times uh, developers will add joke modes um, or release joke games or trailers that end up being a real thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this is, so listener, look it up. Uh Unless maybe Alex, you know, Plat- I heard Platinum released a trailer for a joke yes. game, but then it's going to be a real game. What's the what's the so, scoop okay. on that? Platinum, the last year, Platinum made an April Fool's joke where they re- they said we're going to make a new game, and they got a, a handle on this like this like Japanese like arcade game company that made like really shitty knockoff arcade games. I don't know if any of them ever came stateside, but they said they got the rights to them and are making a remake of one of them. And everyone was like, oh, that's that's funny. And then this year they revealed, hey, we're actually making the remake. It's coming out to Xbox One, PS5, and uh, Switch. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's it's. The, uh, I'm, I'm glad that Kamiya's going to get to make a shmup so he can get that out of his system. Because that's the worst part of every Platinum game is the pseudo shmup that's in it. All right. I just, Alex McKnight doesn't like Nier Automata. I heard it here first. No, Folks. Nier Automata is fine because that's like what Nier Automata is. I'm talking about like... The one in Bayonetta and the one in the Korra games. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there was one in uh, the third-person shooter that everyone likes. What's it called? Also, I, I have to self-correct. Hideki Kamiya did not direct uh, Nier Tamara. That was Yoko Taro. And I'm correcting myself on that before someone from the audience calls me out on it. So. Oh, yeah, because that was, yeah. <laughs> Platinum just, like, did the, the heavy lifting yeah. in the combat. Last year, Ken Gao of Freebird Games, who did, like to the moon and finding paradise put out a new trailer for his next game but it on april fool's day and it had this like cthulhu ass tentacle thing at the end and everybody thought he was like messing with them and it took like all day for him to convince people like i just forgot the date (laughs) that's really good this is unlike anything in my games but it's not a joke i swear that's really really (laughs) and i thought that was really funny Imposter Factory is the name of that one. It's a weird, strange looking game. See, yeah. that's the strategy. You want to like convince, release a real thing on April Fool's Day and have people question it and talk about it because then you get the buzz. You get uh, the the traffic coming in from people. So many people just saying the word on social media. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a rough year. I'm not in the <laughs> mood for the jokes. Like this small business, I won't name them, that I follow on Instagram was like, like this like trans owned business was like we're shutting down and a lot of people were upset that they made that joke because like a lot of small businesses especially run by you know non cis white people like closed Mm -hmm. down a lot and people were like this isn't funny right now yeah see that's a bad joke (laughs) you know like okay i don't know i like jokes like like, what, if Mario told me a joke, I'd probably laugh. I saw, I don't know anything about this, but there's a, a, a Japanese... Joke? <laughs> Mario. Any joke. Any joke. Okay. There's a uh, there's some gacha game that's really big in Japan called, I think, White Cat Project. And for April Fool's, they were like, surprise, we're rebranding to White Dog Project. And we got the rights <laughs> to use Snoopy 
<laughs> so yes. in that gotcha game, you can get Snoopy if you like signed in uh, on April Fool's Day as like a, a, you get like a Snoopy PNG as your character. That's really funny. Yeah. One time, sorry, this is my last one. One time when yeah. I was like 14, I was like, I'm going to prank my mom. I'm going to put a bunch of ketchup packets under the toilet seat. So when she goes to pee, it explodes on her. But then I forgot about the ketchup packets. And hours later, Aww. I went to pee and got covered in ketchup. And it was a perfect self-own. And the, the best Joker April Fool's. Yeah. Has was become the, the jokey. Exactly. You made a, 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 a key tactical error. And you forgot, you know, if, if you didn't see your mom getting up to go pee, you, you're supposed to, like, walk by her and go, hey, hey mom, you got, you got to use the toilet? And maybe, like, pour, <laughs> like pour, a, pour a, a can of soda into a glass of water slowly in front of her. Maybe leave all the faucets on or something. Oh, yeah. You really had to get her warfare, in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I fucked up. I just end up being, um, I, I got a confession. I'm too lazy for most holidays. That's true. And April Fool's Day is one in particular that I, uh, I I look forward to like a few days after April Fool's Day when some website puts out a big compilation of all of the April Fool's jokes that were interesting. Um, but for me, it just falls under the category of one of those holidays um, that I'm like, oh, I could do something, but... Uh, sounds like See, some work. I I would never just do April Fools to like my friends IRL. That that just seems boring. But we have this podcast as an outlet. Yeah. So I I really wanted. To, I had two ideas that never ended up happening. One was I was going to reach out to the uh, the folks at uh, the Food Fumble Hotline, and of course you two. And see if we could just switch podcasts for a day. Like they could talk about <laughs> video games. We could talk about food, and we just wouldn't mention it. Uh, and that ne- I never got around to that. Uh, and one last ditch effort, which I think I sent to you guys, I don't know if this ever went through, was I was just going to record myself saying video games in different ways and tones for an hour I and see if I could saw, release that. I saw that message and I didn't like it. So Aww. I simply ignored it instead of talking to you. <laughs> oh, wow. Man. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's a whole hurt. lot of video games that could have been in the world. Um, but they weren't, they, they, I'm, I'm working on a segue here. They disappeared because Alex couldn't record them much like similarly a few days like ago. Jesus. Se- like Jesus. What? <laughs> it's Easter. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. We, are, we no. are recording on the fourth. He came back on Easter. Oh shit. Yeah, that was the day that he oh, came back fuck. out of the egg. <laughs> <laughs> and became a rabbit. With a renewed source of chocolate treats to give out to all of the 12 disciples. I see. Is okay. what he did on that one. But okay. um, uh, popular company, not Jesus, uh, Sony Computer Entertainment, made an announcement that you guys might have heard a little while back uh, concerning the online digital storefronts for PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and PlayStation Portable, um, that they are going to be shutting down those storefronts. Um, and... That is a big deal, because when this happened, uh, that generation, the seventh generation of consoles, was really the first one that uh, digital storefronts were a thing at all. And one of the chief concerns at the time, when this was becoming part of the conversation, was what ownership would mean if you're buying uh, essentially a key to um, access a download of a, of a non-scarce like set of files and what what does that mean for when the servers shut down this had already happened with uh games like alex what's the name of that one playstation game that was a big multiplayer shooter with you'd have up up 100 people in a match mag. uh mag oh yeah you feel me about this mag was an online only game that uh came out close to the launch of the playstation 3 and people back then were saying well what online only game what what this is not like uh, a game that's on then only on PC where we can run our own servers. This is proprietary to the console. So what happens when the servers shut down and the game is a paperweight now? So, uh, you know, a lot of those worst fears came true. Um, most of the digital only games that were on like the storefronts, you know, not ones that came on disc are, are basically uh, disappearing pretty soon. Yeah. They did say that if you have previously purchased games, you will be able to, if you have an internet connection, you can, you can re-download them. Um, it's 
not entirely clear how long you'll be able to do that because i imagine that still probably comes with some server space maintenance they have to yep. do and yeah I, I don't think that they'll do that forever uh that kind of seems to me like them throwing us a bone um but basically any game that came out on like the playstation 3 arcade equivalent or whatever uh if people don't find some way to preserve it uh it's gone people in... i think oh sorry well, no sorry, what's, what's that now people in japan still actively use vita like yeah. the vita isn't none of these are completely dead i don't get it but alex what were you going to say I was going to say that comment. I think one thing that's interesting about this and sets it apart a little bit from uh, Nintendo closing down the uh, the uh, uh, the Wii eShop yeah. is that this was the first generation and the first like iteration of games that had like day one patches. Mm-hmm. So like you could print a game on a disc and it wouldn't be complete until you connected it to the internet sometimes, right? Yeah. Or it would be fundamentally broken. Um, that now even physical games are going to be useless. You don't even get to play the games that you physically own uh, you know, this in this is, scenario. This is a bit of a long shot here, but this made me think of um, uh, El Noir uh, is in my mind because we're playing it right now on PS3, actually. But I'm thinking of mm. the Switch copy, which, you know, of course, the Switch store is in no jeopardy right now, but everything has a lifespan, and one day it will be, just like the Wii Shop was. We reported on that on the podcast, too. Um, where... The physical Switch copy of L.A. Noir, um, that's a 30 gigabyte game. The largest Nintendo Switch cartridge available in our region is uh, about 14 and a half gigabytes. So that game, you pop in the physical cartridge and then it prompts you to open up a uh, landing page where you download the other half of the game before you can launch it. So day one patches with games if you don't get the day one patch, you could theoretically you could still play that early uh, that earlier version of the game, which is probably at least somewhat functional. But there's going to be edge cases like that, like for online only games, for games that have um, uh, downloads or like install processes that require the internet. You're totally right about this. Yeah. Yeah. This sucks because I think somebody. I don't remember where this is, but somebody figured out how many games we'd be losing. And it's a lot. It's a big number. Well, it was like it was like 300, I want to say, games that have not been re-released anywhere else in any other capacity. That will just be gone forever a, now. A lot of indie games um, uh, as well, especially on the Vita. A lot of uh, indie games came out only digitally, you know, only maybe get a physical release on something like Limited Run. But, mm-hmm. you know, game development studios are highly volatile so it's it's not as though a game that came out 10 years ago is sitting uh the files are sitting on someone's computer and they could you know fire it back up to re-release support because you know in a large number of cases the developers behind games from this era don't even exist anymore yeah uh the these have game developers have a drastically shorter lifespan on average than like a film studio say does and the rights are getting handed around all the time um i mean there there, there's games that even if we do have the files we can't re-release because of licensing Mm tie-ups that you are not going to have access to it's just is it is it really cheaper to close down to shut down all the server space than like the amount of money that you occasionally make from the ps3 store ps vita or psp like Aren't people still buy these games sometimes? And I just don't. Obviously, I don't know the numbers, so I'm just thinking out loud. But I just don't see this being like such a financial gain for them that it really makes a lot of sense on that front. My guess is that they probably were in the red on this. Um, yeah, you're right, though. We we don't know as to how much or like what kind of benefit this would be. The thing about it to me is I I knew, I think we all knew this was going to happen eventually. I just didn't think it would happen so soon in the grand scheme of things. You know, the PS3 See, feels like a long time ago, uh, but the PS3 came out in 2005 or 2006. So it's been um, either 15 years or just over 15 years. Uh, and while in technology, that's like a million years, um, imagine if 
God, I, I, you know, a movie that came out in 2005 was just gone. It, it, it would be, it, it, it feels very different if you think about it as any other and medium. there are a lot of games like the, um, like Persona 5 came out on PS4 and PS3. The Last of Us came out on PS3 and PS4. Like, that's a little different. But Persona 5, at least, like, that's, nobody thinks of that as an old game. Sure. But yeah. it was released new on the PS3 when it came out. There yeah, were I mean, twenty time when it was like, fourteen, right? When the PS4 came out, like if a, that, that's that is um, if there's a digital only game from the end of the PS3's lifespan, it could be as recently as six, five, six years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a point in time when like some, especially Japanese studios, would release a game just for the PS3 and not the PS4 because it was like too new, right? Like, mm-hmm. and this was after the PS4 had been out for a set amount of time, right? Like, yeah. You know, this is kind of a funny comparison, but it reminds me of NFTs. Um, because <laughs> if you think about it, buying a digital game, it's it's kind of an NFT. Yeah, you don't own it. Yeah. You own you like long-term rent it and even then that's reliant on how long that whoever you're renting it from, be it Sony or whoever the hell you buy the NFT from, lets it be owned, right? Like So this whole NFT stuff, was that before the hiatus or did that start after hiatus? I, after i oh, think I, I think okay you guys went camping and came back to it to a whole new world maybe we could pool our money together and buy like a 93 million dollar collage of all of the digital ps3 games that are going to be yeah. going away as a jpeg to yeah. download yeah hey i think if we combine all of our money together we could maybe buy like one used car probably. you know <laughs> you know when i was in high school we used to joke about um pooling our money together and buying the rights to a dead franchise way harder then it would seem because yeah <laughs> how fucking funny would it be if the three of us with the emerald games cast own like i don't know i can't even think of a single dead franchise uh i don't know someday koji pro will die right so someday don't say that okay well, okay koji sorry pro, go ahead i think koji pro is too big to fail we gotta think smaller no i'm talking 20 years from now koji Pro's dead we own death stranding and it's very funny <laughs> it would be very funny. You know, I, it would be it's, very funny. it's not going to work with something that big. Um, you know, like elite with, beat agents. Then fine. Like with 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 Disney, I learned from uh, Jason Trier's book. They had uh, there's this character named Os- Osvaldo who is like a rabbit, and he Oswald. was Oswald. Yeah, Oswald yeah. the Lucky Rabbit. Oswald. He is the character that Walt Disney drew before he came up with Mickey Mouse. He's totally dormant. Uh, he up until several years ago, was doing absolutely nothing and and was of no value to anyone. But um, Warner Brothers wanted to buy the rights to him so they could use him as a villain in Epic Mickey when they were developing that. You mean Disney? Uh, You're right. You're right. Warner Brothers owned Oswald, and Disney wanted to buy the rights to him again. Um, But what was funny is that even though Warner Brothers, like, probably didn't even remember they owned Oswald, as soon as Disney was like, hey... We'd like to buy Oswald, you know, all hands on deck. Everyone gets called to a meeting and they're like, okay, Oswald just became really fucking valuable because Disney, because <laughs> now, yeah. now Disney wants him. So they must have something planned. So we have to figure out what for, to do with Oswald. Did they tell the story for what the deal they came to was? Uh, I don't remember. I, I don't forgot. believe so. The, my understanding was that they traded the rights to Oswald. I think it was NBC who might have owned him too. They traded the rights to Oswald. For the rights to a a sportscaster that ABC yes, owned, yes, yeah, yeah, they did, and yep. it was it's like the only time that a human has been traded for a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yep. Well, I, I forgot that about so that. Much. And then he was an Epic Mickey, and we all know about how Epic Mickey went. Yeah, because he he was trying to um like end his contract early, and they figured, well, I guess that makes him a token. We can slide him over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one other thing I want to bring up about the the PS3 store though is that. This is happening. It's being shut down on. I don't remember if we said this or not. July second, twenty twenty one. Yeah, which is really, really soon. And we just heard about this. Uh, actually, on March twenty ninth. So like right at the end of March. That is an astronomically short time, especially compared to again one of the only other precedents we've had so far in Nintendo, who said about a year in advance, like, hey, we're shutting down uh, Wii online capabilities. Now, this like, is just purely me having a bad memory, but I remember vaguely reporting on this a while ago. 
So when this was announced, this wasn't news to me because I felt like we had already talked about this like a long time ago. This is in the uh, the the PS the PS3 thing. The at least the Vita and PSP. We already knew about that. Yeah, that and the there PS3 was definitely not getting updates or something. Rumblings. They, they were not going to get updated. I think was why that okay. was early. Yeah. Okay, I see. I see. So which is sort of like that kind of signaled everyone was like, okay, we know it's coming next. Right. Okay. So yeah, in that case, you are definitely right that it is a very short amount of time. It's also like, you know, I guess we've had inklings for a while, but it's very, it's very jarring. And I know it's not quite the same thing, but it reminds me of the fucking stupid ass Nintendo Mario 35 thing. Yeah. I still don't understand. I mean, I don't understand that. That's still ridiculous to me that they would do that. Listener, you want that? You can't buy it now as of three days ago for no reason. Yeah. yeah. For no reason at all. This this whole thing... No reason given, at least. But I can't think of any reason that would justify it. So the store itself closing is really interesting to me. But uh, when Sony shut down the PlayStation 3's online servers quite a while back, it was really uh, interesting in its own way. Because we've been going back, um, Nell and I, and playing some some PS3 games. Like I mentioned, we're playing El Noir right now. We were we were playing Demon Souls before uh, the remake came out, and there is a a really weird and kind of like maybe haunting is too strong a word, but when you start a game and it begins to tutorialize online features and then continuously pops up after each prompt by saying like these servers are no longer available. Yeah. Um, and just cutting you out of those things and graying out menu options. In LNR, when you're interviewing a suspect, you can push a button to, uh, you know, you can spend experience to, like, eliminate one of the options to narrow down your choice. But there's also two further options that show, um, one of them shows percentages and one of them lets you ask the community, sort of like a phone a friend thing. Um, and they're all they're always prominently there and they're always just grayed out. Or with games with multiplayer modes. They just sit there. You can't do anything with them. And I know we've been harping on about this for like 12 minutes. uh, But I just can't get over how strange and unique the whole situation is to games alone. There's no other medium that stops working as the hardware ages out. Yeah, with, games with, are actively, with, hostilely pushing against preservation. With film, I mean, I guess film is actually somewhat comparable. Somebody needs to digitize film reels in order to move them forward. But the film itself is not going to have scenes that go, oh, this scene is only available on a 35 millimeter reel from the years 1938 to 1949 after that this scene gets cut out of the game out of the movie you know isn't it a thing that we don't have like 90 percent of films from like before a certain date a lot of silent films are gone yeah yeah we've lost film because like film degrades over time Yeah, exactly but studios also actively try to prevent that right right they want to uphold this thing films get put in the library of congress and mm -hmm. like become open source after a while not open source is the term i'm looking for public domain Mm -hmm. after a while well video games have not done that and it's double weird because it's like discraught does exist oh like even if you do own some of these games someday they will not be usable anymore so I would think that they would do whatever they could to preserve them. And and yeah, I don't know. So before we move on to care. like the they next story, which actually is about game preservation, could we talk about some of the proposed solutions people have put forth for for companies that are going to do this? Because there is, there is no way that you can expect um, really any company to uh, indefinitely support an online database forever sure. without when it's not, I mean, that's unreasonable because you don't, you don't know it's going to happen, but there are ways to get around this. Like, let me know if you can think of ones that I can't, cause you might've read about this more than me, but I know people talk a lot about um, making sure that things are either available on future storefronts or the other big one. I think the much, much better one, is like you mentioned, Alex, letting games go public domain so they can be emulated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is yeah. is a really tricky thing because console generations move so much quicker than uh, that kind of law allows for. So I don't know. what Like, what do you think? There's that middle ground. There's never going to be a console generation that lasts long enough for its games to go public domain, but a company also doesn't have like a 
a, a profit incentive to make their games that are digital only go open source or in some other way make them accessible to people for free. Do you want to know my honest thoughts as to one solution to this? Yeah, yeah. I do. If a studio isn't going to let you buy something, pirate it. If they're not going to give you the option to let you pay for it, there are other ways to access this information. Provided and someone's done the work to dump the files. Yeah. Yeah, which, which a lot of them have. Yeah. And, and there's been... I know the PS3 is kind of an enigma in terms of emulation because of how, how nightmarish it is, but that's something that's maybe a little nicer, I could say, that I could say, is is Sony should work on some sort of official, maybe in, in the PS5 client, PS3 emulation. Like, just slap all of these games somehow with the technology that you have because you built the fucking machine and you know how it works on the PS5. Well, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you want my stupid, not at all viable solution to this? Okay. Yeah. They, the the guys who made WoW, Blizzard, <laughs> I forgot the name of them for a second. Blizzard mm-hmm. auctioned off years ago the like original files or chip mm-hmm. or something that had WoW on it, like classic WoW. Before it was known as Classic WoW, they just auctioned that off. They had to actually buy it back from the guy when they wanted to make Classic WoW. <laughs> but just take the original file from every game and auction it off there you go. to rich people. Well, see, but then you're 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 putting the intellectual property rights into somebody else's hand, and w- I mean, like, then they have look, the option to make a port of a game, but it doesn't solve the preservation look, problem. I know it's like not at all a good solution unless those people <laughs> happen to want to do something with it, but it's better than literally not having any access to these things at all. For anybody, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the way you get access to them is is through is putting on your eye patch and your parrot and sailing the high seas. Look, you right? gave the like, good answer right away. What do you want from me? Like Alex's <laughs> answer is correct. Like yeah. pirate <laughs> things that you can't buy because it doesn't harm anybody. Uh, you um, know, like otherwise, auction off your video games to rich people. I guess. In terms of preservation, piracy is an unfortunately on occasion necessary workaround. It's kind of all I we've think, got. Yeah. yeah it, it is. Hypothetically, if it weren't all we got, my thing that I would want to see is that if a game reaches the point where it's uh, no longer on anyone's radar internally um, as something that anyone's making money off of anymore, like, you know, most games make all of their profit in, in the first couple of weeks on the market and then sort of trickle out from there. If you're at the point of closing a storefront down, you're not you're not jeopardizing anyone's uh revenue by just releasing the game code making it open source to the world and letting people have access to it for emulation or for homebrew yeah but i know that companies don't want to do that because if you keep something in your vault then you can play off of it later you know i don't know in 2025 sony could open a conference like remember fat princess we sure do HD remake, baby. Uh, And you'd be cutting into that market if you did this. But there are going to be a lot of games that, you know, like I said, the developers don't exist anymore or the the, the rights are in someone's basement that there's just too many things that could go wrong. And uh, maybe the idea of preserving all games is like too much of of a moonshot. Maybe it's too high of a goal. But it's really sad to see things happening on this quick of a scale. We're talking about movies disappearing, you know? We're talking about movies from, like, the 20s and 30s. Um, This is, like, games that came out less than two decades ago are disappearing, and it's just just thinking there should have been some kind of contingency plan for this. Like, maybe they have them on some kind of archive somewhere, but no one's going to get to touch them. Except for, you know, for all, cause her eye, whatever his name. Yeah, yeah. For all for all we do to to knock Microsoft around here lately, they've been doing a really really good job at making it so that people can continue to play old games. The Xbox like uh, One and Series X is they're both fully backwards compatible, which is something yeah, people keep talking Xbox about. The PS Five being uh, like a pipe dream, and Microsoft is just out there doing it. Yeah, that was a rumor for a while that they wanted to do that, and people got so excited. Yeah, and then I don't remember who it was for the life of me, but there was a executive at Sony who was like, in an interview, unrelated to what they're talking about, like nobody wants to play old games. I boot in Gran Turismo, and I'm look like this looks terrible. Who wants this? I, I heard about like, that. Guess what? A lot of people. <laughs> I don't remember who that was. And they'll buy it from you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so frustrating. I'm playing. I'm to like the, the games that I've played today. I've played 
I had a little variety pack. I played Kessen. I played Freedom Fighters and L.A. Noir. Two of those things are pre-2005. Like, a lot of people like old games. People still play, uh, like, Ultima. If, if they, if people have... It's like saying, yeah. why would you want to read an old book? Or there are new books. Go buy the go get the New York Times bestseller list. An old movie. Yeah. It's in black and white. It's like it sounds all staticky. Once Gross. they added dialogue to movies, it totally you know uh, obsoleted all silent films. Why would anyone want to watch those anymore? Now, Nolan. Okay. Can you lead us into our second story? Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about game preservation, and okay, there is like a positive story to balance out this this tragedy, which is that uh, there is a lot of game preservation groups in the world who dedicate themselves specifically to taking the files of old games and sort of preemptively dumping them in order to counter like physical uh, software decay and make sure that these are still available for the future. Um, This group called the Hidden Palace did something a little bit different. They got their hands on a ton, like over 700 um, early demos and builds and e3 or like press conference prototypes of ps2 games you know a lot of stuff that would be like vertical slices of games or earlier builds before different things got cut out and trimmed and polished um and they just went through all of the work of scraping all that data making it into an emulatable form and getting the data off the discs which is a lot of work by the way and just dumped it all online, freely available to anyone. Um, there are a lot of games, uh, a couple listed in the article on Kotaku. They got early demos for Crash Bandicoot, um, Crazy Taxi, Final Fantasy X-2. The whole thing is like almost 900 gigabytes worth of, of, um, of history, really. And it says that they have more that they're planning on doing um, that they're still digging through. Yeah. yeah. too. It's, this is this is really cool, yeah. It's absolutely awesome. Um, and you can go look at their their page where they have a list of everything that they uploaded. Um, I'm sorry, you can hear a little bit a little bit of clicking in there. I'm sure, but yeah. What do you I guys think? think? It's, I think it's really cool that this is happening, but I think it also makes me sad because like we've seen cases that could have been like this before where collectors will like buy um, demo discs, kind of like what Janelle was talking about where like through auctions or like backroom deals or something, they will get access to like hard drives with like old builds or assets for video games and just sort of hang on to them forever Yeah, uh-huh. and never let them get released because they don't, they want to be exclusive, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's cool that these guys are, are taking all this old, archival stuff things that people wouldn't think to save like you wouldn't think that a demo is is worth saving or important but you know every little piece adds up i think that that's you know it's interesting like you you know you wouldn't and i and i think the only reason that you wouldn't think a demo is worth saving or people wouldn't think that is because um games are still earning their pedigree uh whereas like you know oh my god a historian finds like an early unedited handwritten manuscript of like a mark twain novel everyone's gonna be like yeah get that shit locked up in an air-conditioned room i was actually just gonna say that like as a as somebody studying history like i absolutely see the benefit to finding these old things like i think that finding like you said like that was a perfect example finding like a really old bit of one movie from back then would be extremely exciting and there's no reason to think that video games are any less worthy of being exciting pieces of our history like at all yeah yeah i don't know i think i think video games are so new people tend to not understand that but like you know i think like it or not they are they are an art form and this is something that we're we're seeing and i think a little bit of a tangent but people don't know the video game industry is very secretive for the most part. They don't really like to let people know how things work and how things are made. Like you can, I think like most people have an understanding of how, like, let's say the Hollywood film industry works. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's like a vague understanding, they, they get how that's supposed to happen. I don't know if people really get how video games are made. And I think this could be really cool as like, like, you know, in theory, people might see this and take apart these files, and maybe some 
schmuck on YouTube would be like, this became this at one point in time, but was like changed like at some point in the assets. Like, yeah, little things like that are, are really neat. I love that. It's 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 on every uh, famous films Wikipedia page is that whole development section where they talk about you know originally it was intended yeah. to follow this character or they tried to build this town and train station but it went short so they had to film all the scenes inside this bar instead and it changed the script and you don't get nearly as many no. of those stories with games no. very very few of them in comparison come out and very few of them are as in depth and extensive as as we can see with film you know self-plug and promo though is that we got a book that we're going to be reviewing later on the podcast that chanel will be reviewing from jason schreier um called press reset about game development but his previous book is already out i don't know why i said self-plug because the review i guess more about the promo is what i'm trying to do that first book that he wrote blood sweat and pixels is all about this though it's a full book about the work that goes into game development and the wild amount of uh, unpredictability during the process of what you set out to make versus what you end up creating. It's, it's not, unlike a lot of other forms of media, it is not a linear process from vision to execution because the amount of things that go into even understanding how to execute or if it's possible to do that, it, it's it's orders of magnitude more complex than almost anything else. Um, like the quote that Jason Trier uses in the beginning of the book, he says, um, it would be like trying to film a movie while building the camera at the same time. Yeah. No, totally. Like I haven't finished his first book. I feel like a fraud. It's okay. Like, no, you're not a fraud. Reading the second one, but like, this stuff is crazy, and I'm really thankful that we have groups like this who are doing whatever they can to show us that outside of having to read a book yeah. about it or like you because know. Because these these companies do not want this information out. I I I know there's not a lot they can do, but in the past they have been, have tried to like lock down on quote unquote leaks, right? Making sure that people can't find this information. So hey, what it's are, cool that, like Jen was saying, it's cool that these guys are doing this. What are some canceled games? that you guys really, really wish you could get your hands on a build of? Whatever Final Fantasy XV was supposed to be before it was Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> Versus thirteen, I guess. Versus thirteen, yeah. No, for I real. Wanna see, I yeah. want to see Arcane's Half-Life 2 spinoff uh, set in Ravenholm. I yeah. want to see Arcane's Steven Spielberg alien game. That oh, one, that's right. You were telling me about that not too long ago. Yeah. That was going to be about that. one of mine for sure. Yep. I think I'd like to see the N64 build of Mother 3. It would oh, be yeah. a really cool one. I think that one might exist. I'm not positive. Well, but... there's certainly footage of it. I've, I've, I've seen video, um, but not uh, it, it in of itself. Did it not come out in that big uh, Nintendo leak from a while back? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think so. It. I hate that I asked that question just because I can't think of all the ones that i wanted to bring up now i know but what the heck <laughs> it's really there, there's so much every game is being made all the time do people know the sheer quantity of games that are probably canceled constantly oh yeah there are so many probably a fraction of games that anyone begins production on actually make it out the door it's like it's a miracle that any game ever gets made to Absolutely. be honest yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. can't like you can you can you can write a film script and you can figure out what parts of the movie are good and edit it down and get your actors set and then schedule your shooting and you can shoot on schedule and you already know the script is good because you do a table read one day and it works and you find the pacing and everything. You have no idea what the fuck you're making until it show until it's done when you're making a yeah. game. So you can't you can't you can't schedule game development. People are like, can you get this done in in 10 months it's like i don't know maybe might take four years <laughs> does it ever bum you guys out that like some really small probably really cool games just get totally canceled and don't come mm-hmm. out but then like cyberpunk 2077 comes out in the state that it came in yeah, yeah. and you're like yeah. oh okay and you know that's actually interesting you bring that up because cyberpunk 2077 is a good example of like how even um, having great artists with a really strong vision and a huge budget and a lot of creative freedom still doesn't guarantee that you can do what you're trying to do. Yeah. 
it's not always studio meddling. Even sometimes you got the best people ever and it's just not going to come together. Or like with Bioware, like, I mean, they're clearly talented. You're making bad games. <laughs> hey. You should stop doing that. Hey. Maybe try and make a good one again. Just my advice. Are you going to <laughs> tell him he's wrong, Janelle? No, I can't. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah. I love Bioware, too. I know. You excited for Dragon Age 4? Yeah. I have faith in Dragon Age 4. Now that it's not going to be multiplayer, I'm very excited for it again. Was it going to be multiplayer? Such a f- yeah, that was, we, we talked, about this, talked podcast, about this a lot. Yeah. Like, remember EA was like, games as a service. They added a multiplayer thing to Dragon Age Inquisition that I thought was really bad. Um, it was because it was. Um, and yeah, they were totally going to do like a games as a service, probably multiplayer type game for Dragon Age 4. Yeah. And now they are allowing it to be single player again. What I am learning from this book is that EA and 2K have absolutely no idea how to manage any of their studios and do <laughs> stuff like that literally constantly. Like, did you know that they, uh, the 2K executives when Bioshock was a hit, I mean, this is a, this is a given, right? Like, Bioshock's a hit. They're going to go, where's the sequels? They wanted it to be, they said it's like Star Wars. They said, Bioshock's like, like Star Wars. It's a fight between good and evil. We're going to have six of them. It's going to be two trilogies, uh, you know, thematically poetic. And apparently Ken Levine named his Bioshock game Bioshock Infinite specifically so that 2K would be like, well, shit, now we can't make sequels. Because, <laughs> like, what do you really what, what do you know. what do you call it after that? I want to rescind my vote earlier and say I want to know what the build of Bioshock Infinite that Ken yeah. Levine wanted to make was going to be because that game well he got from everything from the top down press stuff that they showed us, which is not always the, the whole truth. It always seemed a lot better than that game. I think what turned out to be well it's interesting you say that because ken Ken levine's a genius i love that guy but he's also like a tyrant to work with by all accounts like i have heard that as well he has like he has complete like if ken doesn't like it it's not in the game he has complete creative control to the point where that when he quit they just shut down his entire studio they didn't even promote somebody so i feel like we did get the game that ken levine wanted i just think he maybe was a little bit like uh Maybe he was a little overambitious in what he could pull off. Like, there's a lot of features that he announced that never were in the game. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. like, it sounded like the game was going to be very different from everything that they showed off, which, again, don't trust marketing, but I do kind of wonder if there was a grain of truth to that and they had to sand it down because of time. But you know, yeah, I, I think that, 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 that happens all the time. I feel like every game development process is, uh, you know, putting... 10 ideas into pre-production and then chopping seven of them off before you finish the game because you can't and, unless you're Rockstar yeah. and you make a game for like nine and a half years <laughs> you know the thing about um, saving old games and stuff and like the Mario 35 thing that pissed me off so much mm-hmm. it's not even just the idea of like keeping ideas in a public space like yeah obviously that's important to me but it's the idea that like um, Nintendo and the Mario thing is a perfect example because they announced that after the start of the pandemic and that game came out and stopped being allowed to exist during a pandemic when a lot of people don't have jobs. And I find it really fucking offensive, the idea that you can only own certain types of media if you're either A, alive at a certain point, or B, have the money during a certain point in time to buy the thing. I couldn't fucking probably afford L.A. Noire when it came out because I was a kid and because I my family didn't have very much money. But I can now and the idea that I can't buy certain games that I wouldn't have been able to afford when I was younger um, yeah. really bothers me, I guess. You know, well, this is not the solution Nintendo intended, but thankfully, Nintendo games have become very, very easy to pirate, especially those sure, three. Sure, yeah. Like, emulation on those is perfect. You can... If they don't want to sell them, that's fine. There are yeah. other places people can get them. Absolutely. There, there, there are still things you can't get, even from that era. Nintendo, uh, really briefly, believe it or not, this blew my mind. Sometimes I still think it can't be real. This is this a tell of you? Yeah. On the NES, they had, like, an internet. You could you could buy a, a modem for the Super Famicom, and it hooked you up to the internet. And you could get, like, weekly... 
weekly builds is the wrong basically you would have like a week where they were like for seven days like you get to play this version of um a link to the past with like totally remixed dungeons or whatever but then it but then it was only if you were hooked up to the internet and you could download that copy but like your cartridge was the the modem access so it wasn't it didn't save the data and i don't think any of that stuff exists anymore i've never even some heard of, of it yeah some of it does really um, yeah, see, people, like, there's one game, the, probably the biggest project on the Satellaview that I'm aware of is Nintendo released a remake of the first Legend of Zelda game, but in Link to the Past's engine. Wow, and that just was only That screened? was gone oh my God. for years until it was, like, I want to say only, like, a handful of years ago. Like, somehow they pieced it back together from, from those files. But don't quote me on this, Janelle. But there is a Garfield game that also oh. got an exclusive level through uh, Satellaview. Are you fucking and that kidding was considered, me? That was considered lost media for a long time as oh well. Oh yeah. my god. I bought a Garfield alarm clock yesterday, listener. Yeah. It's <laughs> very good. Doesn't work, but I love it. That's fucking you know, incredible. The, I love... The there are some works. good Garfield <laughs> games. Like what? Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? I think it's called a week of... Gar- uh, is it called like a week of Garfield? I don't something know. Something like that. What is it like? What is, is it like a you play through collection? Or? You play through a week because Odie. I I might be wrong. It's been a really long time. Odie vanishes, and it's like trying to find Odie for a week or something like that. I could be totally wrong. It's been like I said a long time, but it's a good game. Well, R- I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I think if I replace the orange cat with anything else, would I still like this thing? Most of the time. No. You know what? That's what life is like for a Sonic fan, too, so... (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. How many people you think are convincing themselves that they like Ball and Wonder World right now? Oh, as we speak. Nolan is! Nolan is! He already is! First of all, you fake fan, it's called Ball and Wonderland, and I haven't bought it yet because I don't have a job, but when I get a job, I'm buying Ball and Wonderland. He He keeps being like, man, the reviews are bad, but... But it's like, it's a... A lot of great games have bad reviews. You know? Oh my god, yeah. Nolan. Do you trust Nolan. the... Listen, listen. No, I don't trust you. Yuji Naka made a new 3D platformer. You, and it's like a Dreamcast game. You think I'm not going to play it? Even oh, if it's Yuji bad, Naka's other 3D platformers are bad. But Yuji Naka, Yuji Naka has so many good games, though. Okay. He this is, is not one of them. He's not like Yu Suzuki. He didn't used to skate by and accidentally make a good game. He was a good game designer. <laughs> well, sometimes... You used to be good at something, and that goes away with age. Anyway, I'm not talking about this. We have a wheel. I want to hear what's on the wheel this week, Alex. We have a wheel, but really quick, just so I don't beat myself up about this later, I looked it up. The Garfield game was actually available on Sega's very similar service for the Genesis, not the Satellaview. Anyway. That's okay. Uh, Thank you for looking this up. That is still very relevant. We have a, it, yeah, same idea, just different company. Sega does what Nintendo don't, and what Nintendo didn't was Garfield. re-release Mario 3D Odyssey for some reason, or Mario 3D Collection. What Nintendo um, didn't was get a port of Battle of Wonderland, which every Sega... What Nintendo <laughs> didn't was feed my cat lasagna. You shouldn't feed your cat lasagna. I don't think that's good for would them. You, would you love, like, a licensed... Like, like, if you could get Shigeru Miyamoto to make a Garfield platformer... My eyes started watering. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't even like Nintendo, though. Like, who would you... Who would you... Okay, you get to pick any studio, Janelle, to make a Garfield platformer. You don't... By the Does way... Does it have to be a platformer? Well, because okay, that... whatever. You, you don't You don't get creative control over the game, and it's Garfield not going to have to be just a platformer, but it's like, you get to pick a studio, they make a really highly polished Garfield game in their style. Who is it? What, both of these will sound like a joke. Okay. But they're neither are, and I don't have more than 10 minutes to go into this. <laughs> One of them that's more realistic, the guys who make Yakuza. I want, like, yes. a, a Garfield game where you go around the town and, like, do shit. And, like, sometimes get in fights with other cats or whatever. The one that I don't think you guys will take very seriously that, in my heart, I can imagine perfectly is <laughs> Dark Souls. <laughs> FromSoft? Garfield? All right, you need to. You don't get to weasel your way out of this one. You need to pitch us this. Can that be how we open the next episode? No, no, you do it now. Have you ever just felt something in your heart to be correct? Who is he? Who is he fighting? Is he like Odie's minions? All kinds. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. It would be okay. It would. Is Nermal hollow? 
Yes, it would look it would look kind of like Toy Story ish. Okay, it's a very cartoon looking game. Uh-huh. Okay, sure, sure. And it's in like it's in Garfield's. He's sleeping, I guess. He's having a dream, and it's about like Odie as the like ultimate. You know, like the fucking what are they even like called? the great evil? Yeah, the great evil. And throughout the game, you fight his little minions or whatever dark soul style and rather than lighting bonfires you find a piece of lasagna on a plate and you eat it and you so it's like like a from soft game via psychonauts like you're inside of a garfield fever I dream literally don't know anything about psychonauts, psychonauts is like every level <laughs> is like inside of someone's imagination but okay it's not like obvious that it's like that that's just like the first cut scene. oh that like that's the, like the opening you... cups cut scene is you know you you see Garfield in, like, the classic 70s style, by the way. That's how it would look at the beginning. Um, you, like, you go in, you zoom into Garfield. You go into his, like, clo- you go close into his face. And then and then all of a sudden, it's, like, a different art style in this world that looks like the one that he lives in, but slightly different. And Whoa. it's pretty obvious that it's a dream. For us, not for him, obviously. And yeah, that's the beginning of the Garfield game. Wow. It would be really fucking good. Okay. That sounds you know, great. Just one more thing before we go on to the ending game. Hearing that you you don't like it, just blanket no, Nintendo no, no, for some no, reason. No, 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 That's... I was, I, I was being dramatic. Yeah, I don't dislike Nintendo. I just don't have, like, the Nintendo nostalgia. So, like... I was gonna I was gonna say, it makes sense why you didn't like my brilliant pitch uh, for our April Fool's joke. So now now, now it all it all adds up. I, wanted, I was taste. gonna tell you at the end of the episode that my April Fool's joke was telling you I didn't like your April Fool's joke. <laughs> but <laughs> then you fucked that up for me just now. So my, it's fine. Fools. It's fine. We didn't get to do the April Fool's joke anyway, so it's fine. My, my pitch is very simple, Janelle. Okay. It's um, Banjo-Kazooie era rareware Garfield collectathon. Fine, that one's better. It's more No, yours is yours is way more interesting because yours would spawn all these like crazy YouTube think pieces where they're like, This is a me- <laughs> this is a meditation on the on the nature of Garfield's gradual decline in quality and like a reflection on the I author's life like, or something. Have you guys- I feel like there could be a, a very happy marriage between uh the Garfield Yakuza game and the yeah, and the Garfield platformer collectathon yeah, game I, though. I, like, I, agree, I agree. agree with that. Um the, Those like, could work very well. The like easy answer is have you guys ever heard of the like Captain Crunch game? <laughs> no. Yeah, the, Wait, we talked about it on the podcast. Like the sort of like point and click like thing with yeah. a bunch of mini games and puzzles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It would... Wait, are you talking about Chex Quest? No, 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 no. It's a Captain Crunch game. It's a Captain Crunch game. Oh, it's I haven't heard of this. Fucking terrifying. If we can ever do like a like a live stream, like a Twitch stream, I want to play that game. It terrifies me. It's disgusting. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, um, dude. It'd probably be a game like that, honestly. But yeah. I like mine. It scares me. It makes me. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> so yeah. It's very like. I like mine. It scares me. It's like one of these is like a, like a, like a relatively plausible license game and one of them is like this deep cut like reflection for Garfield fans <laughs> by a top tier designer. Hell okay, yeah. Alex, yeah. give us the wheel of favorites. Okay, so if that was not your favorite bit, that's fine because we have a different game about favorites. I wrote a list of, I think it's up to like 65 or I didn't actually add them. Those a different draft. 60 uh, different things. Favorite X, favorite Y, favorite whatever in a video game. I'm going to spin a random number generator and we're going to figure out and kind of talk about what our favorite thing is in that category. Okay. And the number we got is 58. So that means favorite overworld theme. Ooh. What's like, what's like a favorite like main area theme? This doesn't have to be like like Dragon Quest like RPG overworld, but just like I guess just favorite like theme in an area. Overworld say. or hub world or uh, Final Fantasy VII. Oh yeah, which one? Like original? No, but like oh. which like like map theme, like zoomed out map theme? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like or like the Highwind theme? Is it the Highwind? I don't know what it's called, but I know the one you're talking the, the about. The ship. That's yeah. not. There's a. We haven't gotten that far yet. Um, oh, okay. There are better songs in that game, but as far as like when I think of overworld music that I really like, I think of the overworld map in Final Fantasy VII. So and, beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, sometimes it stops working though, and that's really weird. <laughs> but when it is working, it's gorgeous. I've always wondered if like that has to do with the port or not. I don't know. So we're playing it on a PS5. Isn't that funny? We got, we, got, we got a PS5 and we're playing Final Fantasy VII on it sometimes. I know. We have this PS5 <laughs> and we're like, let's pull out the PS2. 
PS3 time, yeah. here we go. What so about you, Nolan? Got my PS5. Time to play Freedom Fighters and Final Fantasy VII and Kirby. No. What about Hell me? Yeah. Um, I need Alex to go first. I gotta think. Uh, well, the first thing that came to mind when I said Overworld, I know I just said not Dragon Quest style RPG Overworld, but the is it eight or seven? It's eight. The one that's in the Dragon in Quest. Oh or yeah. The Dragon Quest Eight Overworld theme that's... is like one of the best songs yeah. ever put in a video game. It's it's gorgeous. Um, yeah. Another one that comes to mind is the uh, the National Park theme from Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver. That's a very, very good, like, overworld main area theme. Um, which I think that that's one of the, the worst parts about the DS remakes, is how badly they redid that song to make it, like... They, get, they put, like, electric guitar in it for some reason, and it's like, that's not at all what that song should sound like. Um, hmm. But those are my two off the top of my head. Those um, are really good. Um, yeah. I'm gonna throw in two. Okay. In Final Fantasy VII. Is it Cosmic Canyon? Cosmic? Yeah. Yeah, the oh, Cosmo, yeah. Canyon, Cosmo whatever, Canyon music. I know that one. Yeah, is a fucking bop. The song oh rips. my god, that song is so sick. They got uh, Yoko Shinomura to do the Smash remix for it too. It's it's really really good. Brilliant. God, fuck yeah. Um, you said you weren't gonna throw in two. No, uh, that was my set. That was my. Oh, you're gonna throw in one uh, also. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Isn't English dumb? Yeah. With words like that. <laughs> Think about that. Sometimes. Too many homonyms. Okay. Uh, God, I really uh, I keep coming back to like Mar- like Mario Sunshine, the Delfino Plaza. I like Delfino a lot. Plaza is very it's good. A, is yeah. a real good one. Um, a lot of mine come from the GameCube because that was the console that I had. I had a GameCube and a PS2, but like I had, you know, I had like split custody, so I played mostly uh, on my GameCube. Was between the, one, the two consoles, he means the split house custody between the two. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I like I had like two houses that I like went between, and I only got to be with the PS2 like four days a month, so I was with the GameCube way more often. Um, and so, Wind Waker, I think also the uh, ocean sailing theme is really strong. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't yeah. even think about that one. So it gets a little repetitive because you listen to it for like forty-five hours. But it's the first really time I good. played that game, the first time I played that game was on the Wii U, and there's an unlockable like fast sale, and it's 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 pretty great. It makes that game yeah. so much better. I like it a lot. Um, th- can I like make a weird one? Please. Yeah. Uh, the Fallout radio stations, not oh, quite an yeah. overworld theme, but they've served I'll the same purpose. Yeah, sure. They serve the same purpose. I'll take it. Yeah, you take it. Yeah, I love that. Love me some Johnny guitar. Yeah, and then final one, Skyrim. Specifically, a song called Far Horizons. It's a good yeah. one. It's a good I don't good know one. if I can place. I don't remember if I know the song names, but I remember like the Skyrim like ambient music. God, very, whenever, whenever I think of the Skyrim music, I just want to play Skyrim. Every time I think of Skyrim, I just get that overwhelming urge to go play it. But I know I won't be happy that, if I do. That happened. That, that's, <laughs> that's happened to me too. And like, I actually have it on Switch because I was talking about it. I think, and Alex got it for me. And what I find is that when I think about Skyrim, I'm with you. I go, oh, God, that game was beautiful. What a good experience. I really ought to revisit it. And then I put it in, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to play this. I feel like that's a very this common game's kind of nasty complaint. these days. Yeah, like, kind of yeah. nasty? <laughs> well, it's not kind of nasty. It's just that... that <laughs> what? Skyrim, Skyrim's DNA... Okay, Skyrim's it's not... disgusting! Skyrim's not nasty, but the DNA of Skyrim is so thoroughly welded into... Not just almost every open world game since Skyrim, but every Bethesda game is basically Skyrim. That at this point, I put it in and I'm like, oh, there's just like, there's just like nothing that interests me anymore in this game. My beef is that I have like 2,000 hours in it and like there's nothing I I need to see for the first time. Yep, yep. But yours is that it's nasty? No, I was just... <laughs> it's nasty. That's a wonderful adjective just, for it. I was just Stinky playing it up. Fucking I'm just Repulsive video game. <laughs> I'm just playing it up for effect. Skyrim's not oh, it's nasty, a vile but game. I would never touch it's, this stuff. It's pretty much what you're saying right now. It's yeah. like, so I've played that game for several hundred hours, and it's not that the game's nasty. It's that it's... <laughs> It's so, it's like... It's like you lied to us because you didn't explicitly say it was nasty, and I quote, You guys have, it was nasty. You guys have no understanding of comedic <laughs> exaggeration. 
Hey, I'm Come looking on. and listening. We're exaggerating right now by repeatedly fucking ribbing you about you you calling are, it nasty. You guys are nasty. You're the nastiest co-hosts <laughs> I ever Whoa, did done have on this podcast. Can we, can we rename the podcast to like... The nasties? Like the nasty... Nasty cast. <laughs> the nasty cast. Nasty casty. Ew. Yeah, um, that sounds pretty gross. Sounds like we'd give sex advice. Ew. But like Ew. really raunchy sex advice. Yeah. No, really yeah. stupid sex advice. How to... <laughs> just like terrible advice. Yeah. yeah. Not like inappropriate, just like outright bad. Yeah. We answer stupid, <laughs> stupid questions. Okay. There's no, there's no bit to do with that without getting our podcast <laughs> cut short. So, you know, yeah. Um... I can hear Anyone a fire else alarm. More to throw in? Well, I can hear a fire alarm going off in our building somewhere. It's the IRL overworld theme. That is our IRL overworld <laughs> The fire theme. alarm yeah. in the background. Um, mine is that, Alex, I actually did like your jokes. I was just trying to be mean as, a, as an April Fool's Day joke. I'm sorry. It was, it was a good April Fool's Day joke because I could also say that I was trying to. I, you, I can't, you can't legally prove that I was not also doing a, like a Galaxy Brain reverse April Fool's joke, an Uno reverse card by saying that I thought. That you thought the joke was what you thought I thought was bad, but you thought I thought it was good. But I I'm thought not, you thought I'm not following. Was, God, happy I don't Easter! Understand what you just said yeah, to me? Yeah, happy Easter if, to those who celebrate. I guess I, uh, I don't, but I'm really looking forward to tomorrow when the bunnies are on sale. Yeah, yeah. I saw a bunny on my walk the other day. It was really nice. I was like, that's that's the right time of year to see one. Yeah, I love I love those chocolate bunnies. That's yeah. that's pretty good. But no, I saw like a like a meat bunny. Yeah. Woof. God, aren't we glad that, like, grocery store meat departments don't have, like, shaped chunks of meat for holidays, like ground beef, <laughs> like a ground beef hey. turkey or a ground beef, like, snowman or something. Have you not seen those steak hearts? No, I haven't. Ew. They're awful. They're terrible. Oh. Anyway. Okay, it's good to be back. Think about steak hearts, because we're running out of time. Yeah. Well, uh, that was the Emerald Gamescast episode 59 Next week will be on episode sixty. Can you guys believe it? Man, I can't. Sixty whole years. It'll be fifty. Like it'll be your fiftieth episode. Man, that's pretty crazy, huh? That's a special one for me. That is. Yeah. We should have a fiftieth anniversary of the <laughs> the incoming of Nell. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The arrival of Nell. Fifty episodes ex- since Blizzard started fucking up. Oh yeah, the expulsion that was the of original, Drea. huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, we yeah. talked about the the Blizzard uh, Blitzchung incident. Yeah, and I'm sitting here like shaking. I'm like, I'm so nervous, and now I'm like, I'm just say I still say stupid things, but now with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what the podcast is built on, right? Yeah. Stupid confidence. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Um, if you want to send us a question or uh, something to, to talk about, you can do that at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, we take all kinds of questions and comments, whatever the, the heck you want to. Maybe you want to send us like a, like a JPEG of uh, Crash Bandicoot. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it probably. We won't, read, we won't read it on the show, but we'll like look at it and laugh. Yeah. Send that to my private email. Yeah. <laughs> Emeraldgamenell at nell.com. That email but doesn't exist. We Don't send also have a Twitter uh, at ODE Gamescast. You can send us questions also there. And in that Twitter's bio, there's a link to a Google form where you can also submit a question that goes to a doc we can go go look at. And I mean literally, send us anything, guys. We don't we don't get enough mail in this in this house. We don't get I go down to the mailbox and there's nothing but a box of bunch of coupons on a sheet. God, it's I always want, coupons. It's always coupons. Gotta save. Thankfully, our email has somehow been saved from, like, spam, but... Oh, yeah, that's been nice. Yeah, except for, like, swagforless.com. Yeah, what is that? stop emailing us. I'm so sick of it. I wouldn't even buy your swag for more. I noticed that one. Yeah, it's because I always check the email first thing in the morning, and I always see how many fucking things we get from them and i'm like okay have you guys gotten like i've been applying to jobs have you guys gotten where like a multi-level marketing or a pyramid scheme will like respond to your resume oh yeah and be like hey i see that you're interested in qa testing jobs we'd love to have you as a salesman at herbalife nutrition <laughs> see i got really lucky because all the all the quote-unquote real jobs i've had i had an in so i would just yeah. like get to talk directly to them and then like talk to their boss and then get on. I never had to do like a widespread application. So yeah, I haven't gotten any of those. 
Well, but I'm dreading that when I have to start looking for a, for a job when the pandemic is over. You don't need to read our resumes to know that I'm Nolan, and with me has been... Uh, Garfield, but fighting the the aged beast. Hell yeah. That's an old piece of pizza that was left in the fridge for too long and came to life and then started killing things. And also, of course, as always... Uh, o- Odie, but with beastly afflictions. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Damn. Come, M- Mutated Yarnum Odie. Orange Tabby Kitty Hunter. Hello, Kitty. Then touch My the God, lasagna Kitty. within me. <laughs> <laughs> Take nourishment from these sovereignless meatballs. <laughs> I, I can't wait for that game to get re-released. I want to play it at 60 FPS. What game? Bloodborne? Bloodborne. Yeah. Um, I was quoting Demon Souls. You're a fake from soft fan. I, I, that is true. I am. I've never yeah. finished one of those games or played very much of them. Uh, you should. So. They're so fun. Play Bloodborne, please. The best game on the PS4. The best game on the PS4. That's true. Okay, Thanks listener, so. if you don't play Bloodborne, I'm holding a nail file right now, and I, <laughs> you don't want to know what I'll do with it. <laughs> I have no idea what you're gonna do with it. You gonna file some nails? I'm pointing it at the microphone. <laughs> No she's gonna, she's gonna do really aggressive, like you know, anti ASMR, anti SMR. Really, <laughs> no, we don't actually do it. Stop, stop. God. Okay. Wait, thank you for listening. See you next week on episode sixty.